You're going to be all right there, man? Yeah, we got deep breaths. No, no deep breaths. (laughs) Short and shallow. (laughs) Just enough to keep me from passing out. (laughs) All right, Ed, let's get started. Let's do this. Get this done over with. (laughs) Quick. All right. Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions with Ed Pinnell, John Morrison, Brian Cole, and Eric Field. What's going on, guys? I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. It's been a few weeks since we've done this, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it has. I don't know. It feels like it's been a lot longer than usual. But uh, I wanted to uh, talk this week about something we've kind of danced around. I know we've talked about um, mental health, and we've talked about uh, people getting burnt out and kind of a a depressed and a sad kind of way. But in the last few months, I've had to talk to a number of my firefighters and a number of officers as well about feeling like they've overcommitted themselves and feeling like uh, they want to quit just because they can't do everything that's asked of them by the fire department. And so I wanted to get your guys' opinion on at what point do you have to stop and think of yourself and say, no, I can't do that. That's that's too much. I can't commit that much. Or maybe you've committed to something as an officer that you just, you don't have the time to do anymore that you did when you first accepted that position. Um, so at what point do we, at what point do you, do you recognize that the first point from the first, from the start, Right? We teach I, us, them. That's I, what, is I was going to hit that. Yes. <laughs> I, us, them. So you always think about yourself first. Right. Then you rescue your partner, then everybody else. Right. So that's something uh, I just started trying to teach a uh, beginner's firefighter class, and that's something I've drilled into them every single class. It's, it's applicable to everything in the fire service. It's, it's applicable to everything in life. That the first thing you need to recognize is you're the important one there. If you aren't available, if you aren't capable of doing something, then you're not going to move things forward. And that's kind of where that discussion went with the firefighters that came to me when they said, hey, I can't make every single call. I can't make every single training. So well, you should have just got up and been like, Everybody wants to be a gangster, so it's time to do what gangsters do, right? <laughs> right. Everybody just has a- showed them the door. <laughs> Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Uh, or that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I basically told them, well, why do, you, why do you feel like you have to come to everything? If you're going to quit because you can't come to everything, that means you're not going to come to anything, and you're, you're no use to us. Whereas if you came to a couple of things... You know, we, we like having you around. Some some of the people that came to me, actually all of the people that came to me, are the people that I see there every single time. They're the people that do almost everything in our department, and that's what kills them. They, they feel so relied upon that they no longer recognize that point where they can say, no, I can't do that. No, I've got other things going on. You know, they feel... But we're also the group that doesn't doesn't say no. Right. So it's it's hard for us to say, 
I can't do that. Or well, I've noticed that there's two extremes. There are the people that get burnt out and don't want to do everything. I mean anything. And then there's the people that want to do everything and then get angry at the people who don't want to do any, anything. Yeah. So it's like a vicious cycle. And then soon that person who's doing everything will become the person who does nothing. And then the person that does nothing once he's rested will become the person that does everything. And it'll just yeah. go around and then they both groups hate each other and it's just <laughs> a vicious circle. It is. We've all seen it. No, I, I get that. I, um, I find a lot of times a power struggle. If somebody's doing something, they don't want to relieve that control to somebody else. That's mostly officers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which we are. Um, but if they relieved some of that control and got somebody else to work with them, they wouldn't be doing it alone. They got to realize that it's a team effort. There's a lot of us in the group and that it's not just you. We're all together. But some guys, I've been guilty of it before, is releasing that control and having somebody else be involved in what I'm doing because they're not doing exactly the way I want it done. Yeah. So I have that struggle. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I recognize that I stretch myself too thin could be because I enjoy the work. Um, some people, they, they don't enjoy doing that. They don't, they don't enjoy having every minute of their life full. And they kind of fall into that pattern and they don't realize it until they've reached that point and then go, I can't handle any of this anymore because I've gone too far. Too, too much is expected of me. I do that all the time. Yeah. I'll take on a project. Then I'll take on another project. Then I'll take another project. And then it comes to the point where things start to fall behind and I'm just like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> yeah. And like I try to purposely not to refuse projects. But then, like, I'm like a little kid in a candy store. I'm like, ooh, something new. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. And then I'm just like, yep, and I did it again. <laughs> and then you start prioritizing, and then you fall back on other things that yep. just fall apart and never get completed. Yeah. Right. And um, I think another thing that kind of tosses a, uh, a little curveball into it is the fact that the fire service has volunteers, and then they have career, and then they have per diem. So something that confuses a lot of people is – you know, when you're a volunteer firefighter, you're expected to be at whatever you can make it to. So something that I've tried to drill into these people that ask is that if you can't make it, you can't make it. You know, if you have to be to work in an hour and you know this call is going to take four hours, don't jeopardize what, what pays for your house, pays for your car, and keeps food on your table to go to a call that, you know, car slides off a road or uh, smoke detectors going off so it's it's hard to to kind of create a balance um, because I know we I'm thinking of one specific incident we had uh, a number of years ago now I don't even remember if if you were chief at the time or our previous chief but we had a, a smoke detector call at like two o'clock in the morning in our next meeting chief said i will call all hands for a smoke detector if we get you know one one person responding again and it's 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 hard because when you're not scheduling people these other people have to realize that you know life is going to go on if if you're not if you haven't dedicated a block of your time to do that then people can't expect you to be there and I think that's that's what I've run into on the volunteer side of things that, uh, you know, townspeople always expect a fire department to be there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they are if 
like Casco, you have a, a staffed station and you've dedicated and you've hired people to be there. Whereas when you have a 100% volunteer department, that's what you've chosen. You right. know, this is, this is a really hard topic. And uh, I imagine, or I really hope this one's going to actually bring some comments out of people because I'm sure I'm going to ruffle some feathers, but that's, that's what it comes down to that. If, if your town has decided that they don't, need to pay for coverage then you can't expect people to just sit around with their fire helmet on all day twiddling their thumbs going man there might be a fire call at any time you know? it's, <laughs> it's anything else it's it's you get what you paid for right so i mean i mean chief when you have a, a firefighter that comes here at what point do you have that talk with them that says hey you haven't responded to everything or man you're you're responding to every single thing and uh you look like you're getting kind of stressed out about it we always have open conversations um you know it's i can't pinpoint when i would actually grab someone um it would probably be more of a came up in discussion kind of thing um it's it's tough i mean it's we, I mean, all of us started when it was volunteer, you know, that's, that's how we got into it. Um, and here we will just circle back around to everything. The last year and some change has really exposed a lot of coverage issues that we have. Um, it's, and it's not just, it's not just this area. It's not just the state. Um, I was on a conference call earlier this week, and this was a topic of per diems because we're all using the same pool of people, yeah. you know, and, and there were two agencies down south um, that basically were out of service because of, of COVID exposure. So, and those two agencies, I could, not knowing what their makeup is, I'm sure that there are per diems that work there. And I'm sure they work in other agencies. So, how how do we how do we address it? I mean, it's it's very it's extremely stressful when you have a call at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night or three a.m. and you hear one person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's also difficult to. To hear these people, like I said, coming from a small town, you only have so much of a resource pool like right. you just brought up. And now these people want to quit because, oh, my God, I've been on 10 calls this week. The town over had three calls. And, you know, when you look back on it, it's terrible to, to say, but eight, nine of those calls didn't have any I hate to say it wasn't really an emergency, but it's the the smoke detectors. It's the my car slid off the road and we need traffic control. Yeah, it was it yeah. was. It's a lot easier to justify when you're pulling the kids out of a burning building type of thing. You know, when you feel yeah. like you've accomplished something, you're more apt to keep going back. But when you're handling all these calls and you know you're missing birthdays, you're missing holidays you're missing sleep going to work the next day and all you have to say is yeah I, I held a stop slow paddle for for three hours while they 
well, they babysat a CMP poll, you know? It's right. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're absolutely right. I, uh, I don't. So, I mean, Eric, is that what happened to you? Did you, uh, did you feel like you weren't, uh, you were doing too much and it finally caught up with you or? Uh, some of my stuff was personal. I had some family health issues going on, which kind of put me in the background a little bit and slowed me up. A lot of what got me was politics, in-house politics. Really had nothing to do with the citizens or the public. It was mostly the people in town hall and the leadership that was above me, Um, which there was some stuff going on that I just didn't agree with. There was stuff on there that was putting some of my positions in jeopardy, and it was just time for me to to shake it up and take a different path. Um, But The burnout before that was exactly what you're talking about. I was going to every call, doing everything, and it was the same five guys over and over again. And what was irritating is you saw the other people come in like there was no problem. Right. They'd show up for their 10, 15 minutes, do a truck check or whatever, thought it was a great thing because they showed up, and then you never see them at a call. Right. <clears throat> or you get that alarm call, you get the same three guys every time, and just hope the hell there ain't fire blowing out the window next time you go. Right. See, he was on that side of the circle. And he went back, and now he's on the other yeah, side. Right. Now, yeah. now I'm teaching and enjoying it and bouncing around to a couple of different agencies and just doing whatever I can and enjoying myself. But for me, it's it's politics. Like, I'm getting burned out now, and it is just – I won't mention departments, but it is just a lack of leadership, uh, micromanaging, and just no communication. And then, like you said, it's like – Five people doing all the work while the other ones just kind of skate by. And take credit and, for and it. And then the five people yeah. are always on the radar, so they're going to always get hit when something goes wrong. And that's where I'm at, where it's just like this one job where I'm just like, is it really worth it? Like each morning I wake up to go to work and I'm just like, do I just shut my alarm clock? It's today today I just don't show up. And it's, it's getting to that point. Right. And it really, I think it starts from the top down. Like you are going to have that circle we were talking about. Like Eric was fed up with the politics and then he went to the, now he's do, he was doing nothing and now he's slowly getting back to the doing something. And it's just going to keep going around. And if politics, if it doesn't start from the top down, people are going to mimic what they see, right? right. So as officers though, how do you break that cycle? Because these people that I talked to, if I hadn't talked to them, they would have left. You know, these, these small well, your answer. Yeah, the communication. Like Brian said, you have to have the open door policy. You have to make sure that your staff is comfortable coming to you for anything. Right, talking in person, face-to-face, and not having, just emails. Exactly, right. and having that open dialogue so that when you go and speak to your staff, you are well-respected and, and are reciprocated. Right. Right. I was say, just because I think I caught these people on complete coincidence. I mean, one person I literally caught at the store and they just said, Hey, you know, I, I started a new job. I got a new house. I'm not going to make it to anything for a while. So just, just take my gear back. And I was like, take the gear back. What? You know, in a couple months yeah. when things settle back down, you're welcome back. Just because you missed some time, you can, you can come back, you know, <laughs> don't, yeah. don't be afraid. And I think that's what yeah. happens that I feel like everybody either has two feet in or two feet out. I know we mentioned it before that, you know, it's it's a little difficult because there are some mandatory trainings, but if you're just at the volunteer level, if you're just you know doing what you can to help out, if you stay in contact with your officers, 
we're going to make sure that you you're legally able to do what right. when, what you can do. I don't know any officers that have not tried to make any arrangement for somebody to do their mandatory stuff, like whether they come in on nights, weekends, or whatever. I do. Yeah. I know. I know. I've yeah. met a few officers that say, "You either do it this way, or that's it. You're out." Really? Okay. They don't give you any other chance to. Oh yeah. There's there's oh, definitely wow. some how, officers yeah, I've, that. Uh, how have you not met people like that? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, there are very black and white people that are just like, you either do it this way or that way or that's it. We're writing you up, a written warning, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how you could do that because then you lose your staff and you don't have any people. Right. Yeah. It's black and white rules for a gray world. Well, and it's, it's, yeah. it's black and white rules in, unless you're like in the know. If, you're, if right. you're one of those people, then you can just like get a paper signed off and mm. you're done, you know. <laughs> Which I, I hate to call people out for that, but it's... Uh... Well, it's so difficult. You know, it's difficult for me every day to try and figure this out, yeah. try and figure out the balance. Oh, yeah, it you is. Know, how, how to get How to get people to come back into the stations. Yeah. Because we've said it before, we've fallen out of the habit. So we got the per diems, and, and that's the group that I see on a regular basis. And... So now I, I send out, I try and send out a weekly email with an update of things that are going on in the department. A weekly newsletter. Yeah. There's a difference between sending out a new weekly newsletter and trying to run your whole department through an email address. Right. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. No. Right. <laughs> you need face-to-face. Even if you can't do face-to-face because you live a distance away, pick up and call me on the phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Talk to me. And that's exactly what it comes down to, because it's usually, uh, like I said, I, I caught these people on co- complete coincidence on topics of conversation that had nothing to do with the fire department, and then all of a sudden they just kind of turned into, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really busy. You know, if I didn't have that conversation, if all I did was stick to straight business, I would have never gotten that out of them. And like right. I said, they would have just disappeared, you, and we all would have been like, What's Do you have on? anybody on your department that like does the recruitment retention and follows up with the membership and just, if you haven't seen somebody like I haven't seen Brian in three or four days or three or four meetings, just give him a call and be, Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Everything good. Uh, Anything I can help you out with? I don't think like, do we you have, have that as a position directly. No, no. I think but, that or, way, or is like, there anybody in the department that does that? Like we, maybe we'll that's notice something. people and reach out or assign somebody to reach out. Yeah. We've done that before. Yeah. Notice that people aren't showing up and then, the chief will be like, hey, John, can you give that person a call? Or, hey, you, can you give that person a call? Because I'm wondering if these people just didn't have the feeling that that was an open door, that they could shoot back, and that's why they right. kind of so held off, wait, waited yeah. for you to ask the question. That is true. Instead lot, of somebody opening right. the door for them to go, oh, yeah, by the way, this is why I haven't been around. Right. right. How many officers have you actually heard <laughs> say that? Well, I have an open door policy, and then you can't reach them. Right. Yeah. Or you talk to them, and they just they belittle you the whole time. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. They're just like, well, yeah, but no, we're going to do it. My door was open, but you can close it when you leave. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, just that we've talked about it a million times that this can tend to be kind of a a toxic culture. And it turns into that, hey, you weren't at that call the other day. You weren't at this call the other day. And suddenly the person just goes, you know what? I don't want to hear that every time I'm here. If I make one call this week, that's time away from my life that I've dedicated to you guys. And all I'm going to do is catch crap the whole time I'm here right, for the right. ones that I didn't make it to. And then you get you know? the thoughts like I was talking about. Should this be the day that I just don't show yeah. up? Just stop going. 
I mean, I guess that's the closest I've ever come to what I consider burnout is I've, I came to a training, I got shit about it, and I walked back out the door. I was like, I'm, I'm done. Wow. You know, and that was, that was one time, and all, it, all that took, that's actually a perfect example because I had somebody that actually called me and was like, hey, you were here, and then you left. Why, why'd you leave? And I was like, I don't need to deal with that crap. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, I get no. enough, enough other crap going on. I don't, right. need to get, I don't need to go find it. Right. Right. I'm one of the five people yeah. that showed up for your training and you made me feel awful. So I'm not sticking around for the rest of it. <laughs> well, that was, that was kind of my first round, Ed. I, when I was growing up in the department with my family, where I first started, it was, it was very much like that. I was started as a little kid going up through, I say a little kid, a young kid, but the people, no matter how old I got, the people that were there all them years still saw me as that kid. Yeah. And I can never move forward. And finally I get to a point where it's like, if I can't move forward in this agency, I'm going to go next door where nobody knows me. They have different equipment and I'll go hang out with them. And I started doing that for a little bit. Then I went back to the original town. It was like, you know what? If you don't care that I'm here, I'm going to go over there and I'll see you at that big call. Cause you're going to call us anyways. Right. But I'm, I'm all done. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me with my first agency. And I just walked away and never turned back. It's funny. Cause we, we, we talked about balance <clears throat> And while the volunteers can be like, well, I don't need to be here, so if you really, if you're going to give me grief, um, then I can just leave. And then I think about running the per diem and full-time people where I look at people and be like, you don't have to be here. Like, they're just so negative, so complaining. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. And it's like, well... Oh yeah, yeah. It's I've, a I've jo- done at, that. At this point, it's a job. You don't have to be here. Right. Like you're acting like we're asking a lot of you to wash a truck, check a truck. You're saying no, but we're also paying you an hourly wage. You don't have to be here. I mean, the same concept mm-hmm. applies. Like you can yeah. go. We're paying you to be here to do something. If you don't want to do it, bye. Right. Continue being a plumber. Right. <laughs> No, but I've, I've done that. You know, two o'clock in the morning, Carpentry. somebody starts to just rag on other people because nothing's getting done. Well, go home. You know, right. or yeah, if you're the one getting yelled at, I'll go home. <laughs> I've said that before. Oh, if this isn't getting done quick enough, and you want to do it, then I'll, I'll leave. That's and then, and then there's a I difference. Go to sleep. <laughs> everybody, everybody has a bad day. Like if you have yeah. one day where it's like that, then you just need to break ties. Like you go home for a little bit. I go my way. Things settle out. Tomorrow's a different day. Yeah. But if you see that consistent. It's time to make a change. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's important too, just as an individual recognizing that pattern in yourself, recognizing that, man, I've gone to five calls and every one of them, I've just had a bad attitude. Right. This is great know. advice for individuals and departments. Individuals, if you this is happening nonstop, just leave. Departments, if this is happening nonstop with one of your employees, get rid of them. <laughs> We're oh, going to really? fix everything right now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because... Uh, Someone was like, well, you know, you talk about a lot of issues on the podcast, but you don't come up with a lot of solutions. Well, I just came up with a solution. (laughs) If you're an an employee or a volunteer and you're having a rough time and no one's talking to you and you've tried to open the doors of communications and nothing's happened, just leave. Come and apply to Casco. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. If right? If you're a department and you have a bad employee that doesn't listen, that doesn't do anything, 
Show send, them the door. Yes, yeah, show them the door. They can leave. Send them to the department that uh, sent the other guy our way. So, <laughs> right. Done. There's the solution. Everybody will just, find their home and it'll be a happy ever after. Right? I just yeah. solved problems. <laughs> but that's what we were talking about and what I've said. It applies to everything. I, us, them. That's, that's awesome. I heard about that like two years ago and ever since. Two it's like, years ago? When did, did you get yeah, your fire one and two? No, it, it never came up in Fire One and Two. I oh think, my God! I think it came up in my officer's class. Honestly, I don't. I don't want to know well, who taught your Fire One and Two, but me, you, us, them. That's how it goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I us them. Yeah, I mean it. It wasn't. It wasn't phrased that simply. You know, it was. You know, we so the way it was of... explained to me is, it was kind of this big thing. But it was basically your um, instant, your incident um, priorities, right? Which is life safety. Right. Uh, incident stabilization and property conservation, right? Mm-hmm. So under life safety branches off into yourself, I, you and your partner in your department, and then then the um, um, victims or any bystanders. Then after that, it's you try to stabilize it. Well, you try to stabilize the incident. Then it's property conservation. That's how it was explained to me. Yeah. But it comes back to everything, you know, if if you're doing something and you don't enjoy it and it's it's affecting other portions of your life you've got to walk away from it right if you're doing something in your department and you feel like the department's not uh benefiting from it then you got to take it away and it just it, it expands out from that well and, and i think that's i that's a good concept for any portion of your life oh absolutely it, you know, that's kind of what i was not, getting not at. just in the fire service if you know your, if you've your got a full-time job, job yeah. and or you know it could be applied to so many things it, everything it applies to everything and it's it's so hard to teach somebody something that simple because if you talk to somebody and say yeah i come first then we come second and then everybody else comes third it's like wow that sounds really selfish like well, well, then, <laughs> well you know, since since i've easy. been doing this since i've been doing this i've said that all along yeah. you know um since i've had this position Look, you need to take care of yourself first, yeah. all right? You and your family, and then your job, and then the fire department. Yeah, which is what we talked about last right. podcast. Right. <laughs> you have to do that. Right. You yeah. have to do that. And, and sometimes with certain people, you actually have to, you have to sit them down and explain that to them. Yeah. I love the people that want to be here 100 hours a week, but that's not sustainable. You know, right. like you have other responsibilities. And as far as going back to training, it's easy to train a concept. It's just the level of comprehension that they're going to get or, you know, get. One of these days you teach like the ISM, you learned it two years ago. But I bet there was one point where you were just walking and it clicked. Yeah. Right. And that's what we do as instructors. We teach the concepts. But one day you're just going to be like, oh. Well, that's why that's done. So, I mean, um, I forgot where I was going to go with that. What becomes an issue is when you have, um, this is going back to where I started back at the beginning, when you have your volunteers, your per diems, and your, some departments have full-time employees, you start to run into people that, have that kind of nine to five mentality too, which is uh, as soon as that clock strikes, whatever time they're done and out of here. Yeah. And 
to a certain degree, that's kind of healthy because, you know, we've mentioned it before too. You go home, you have your pager on and you never leave work. If you've got nothing going on and you're just hanging around, then leave your pager on. If you're at home and you're exhausted and you've got work the next day, if you're on duty the next day, whatever else, shut it off. You know, that's, that's it's too much. Because you've, you've been designated for the time that you've been hired. Uh, you know, if, if you're on for 48 hours a week, you're expected to be there 48 hours a week. Anything beyond that is great, but you don't need to be there. I think sometimes people can get into that rut where they think, I'm on a fire department, I'm, I'm always on a fire department, and that's what can kill people. That's true. And it's a hard thing to learn. Like, I mean, when I first got on this fire department, that pager never went off. Uh, I mean, I never turned it off and I didn't learn to shut my radio and pager on until I became a paramedic. I mean, shut it off (laughs) until I became a paramedic. Like after that, it's just like, okay, I just need to learn how to just shut them off and throw them in the corner. And it took a long time to learn. I mean, I still know even paramedics that their radio or their scanner is on 24 seven. Like that is so unhealthy. Like unless you can black blanket out and sleep, but even so, even you're, you're not going to be able to fully sleep because you're always going to be on that uh, certain level of alertness, right? Waiting for the tones. Right. You just sometimes need to shut it off for, even if you can do it for a week and just get a week's night, a good night's sleep. Yeah. I'm having Are a you all right? You having a stroke? No. I told you it's that cheeseburger. <laughs> that cheeseburger messed me up. I can't talk. I can't function. I'm sweating. I have meat sweats. I have meat sweats right now. Anyway, shut off your radio. Get the good night's sleep. I'm out. <laughs> no, it's, it's difficult. I mean, going back to what I said at the beginning. A stupid you know, cheeseburger. <laughs> You know, having a volunteer department, and then I've got officers that will call around and say, well, are you in town? Are you in town? Are you in town? That's a responsible thing to do, but also the town has not hired us to be here. Right. You you cannot expect – if I'm here, and I will absolutely take the call. You know, thanks for calling me and letting me know that you're not going to be here, but if I've got to go, I'm going to go. <laughs> I, I can't sit around – all day, like I said, with my fire helmet on, my bunker pants, just hoping that I get a fire call because nobody else is around. Right. I, I haven't, you know, I, like I said earlier, I, I recognize that I've stretched myself too thin. I have two days a month that I, I allow myself free time. If during those two days I leave, I, I got nothing for you, you know. <laughs> it, it's, uh, I can't, if you haven't designated my time, if you haven't taken that slot from somebody else, then you haven't valued my time enough for me to to dedicate it to you. Ooh, that's another thing, though. Valuing your time? Yeah. Yeah. Because that yeah. annoys See, digging me. digging right yeah. in now. <laughs> Let's see if I can form a sentence after this cheeseburger <laughs> fiasco. Um, that bugs me. Like, I'm more than willing to take on a project or do something, and I get all excited about it, and I go 100% straightforward. What annoys me the most is like I'll go do a, I'll go do a project, do work, and I'll hand it over to somebody, and they'll just be like, "Well, yeah." Now what I've learned, now what I've learned to do is just be like, "Okay, 
are you going to actually use this? Is this are you on board with this? Because I'm not going to do anything unless other people are on board or other people are going to help out. Right? You start doing it in portions, like right. you give a little bit and say, "How oh, do you think of this?" and see right. what the direction goes. So you don't right. waste your whole time putting right. the cards together and have it. I tell people, I, just, yeah. I just tell people, don't waste my time. Yeah. Like I'll do the work, that's fine, but don't waste my time. Right. Because I'm going to be upset if I finish this, and then you're just like, no, thank you, I've I've chosen. Well, to especially go. when you have seven other projects that you haven't been working on because you took on this right eighth one. It's true. Which is that balancing act of what you said earlier. You know, reaching out to people that haven't been there for a while. It's. It's difficult because when you're the person, you know, if you get a new firefighter and you're trying to train them up to somebody that can actually help out around a scene, when you've spent months getting these people ready and then suddenly they just decide, well, man, that was a lot of work. I don't actually want to do this. It's yeah. hard to not take offense to that. If you call them up and they just say, ah, you know, I decided I don't want to do this anymore. You're like, well... Cool. Or, thanks for calling me, because. Uh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Chief Cole can jump in. I mean, you spend thousands of dollars equipping somebody with specialized gear that well, only that, fits them, that and then it goes me. in the closet. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, as an instructor and as a trainer, like, we'll get new people in here, and then I'll come in on my days off or something, and I'll go, I'll train them, I'll take them out driving. And one thing that bugs me is having another officer or another firefighter complain about that individual when they haven't put any time yep. at all into mm -hmm. training. That's hard, yeah. And it's like, well, how about you get out of the lazy boy, get out from behind the computer and train these people to do it how you want to do it versus, versus, no, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> you didn't say behind a desk, you said off the lazy boy. Oh, okay. And, You're um, safe. Oh, crap. I'll get off your butt and go train them how you want to do it instead yeah. of complaining about it. Another like, solution. Right. You just came up with another yeah. solution. So if I, something's wrong, get off your butt and go fix it. If, is, this, if somebody's not performing the way you want them to perform, if it's a safety issue, stop it right there and correct it. If not, take them aside after the call or after the incident or after whatever happens, happens, and then talk to them about it. Stop complaining and stop coming to me. Yeah, if you come, if you come with a complaint <laughs> and a solution. He's coming solutions because he doesn't want anybody to talk to him anymore. <laughs> I told you, it's just cheeseburger. Something's happened. But that's the thing. If Am you come, I having a stroke, Ed? If, smile. If you come with a complaint and a solution, that's one thing. If you come with just whining, then it's just whining. Right. Yeah. What is that? Do you want to feel, what is, do you want to be comforted or do you want solutions? It's an important question to ask people when they come to you with a question. Well, I think that's one of the things in the fire service that we all struggle with is that <clears throat> we've talked about this a little bit before that when you need help, you got to reach out for help. Yep. But on the other thing is the, the departments get awful soft. There's not, it's not as cutthroat as it used to be. I remember where, like John said, you had to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. They'll give you time and, and ways to do it, but there's certain standards you have to hold. And now it's kind of like, well, if your feelings are hurt, then I'll give you a hug, and we really don't want to upset you. Well, it's it's a soft leadership, and then when they're not respected because they they try to demand respect versus earning that, respect, exactly. Then they start micromanaging, and then it just it all goes falls downhill. Apart. Yeah, there's a difference between well, I'm whatever the title is, and you have to respect me. That's not how this works. Mm. No, senor. <laughs> See, no. that's the... That was Earn the, it. The department, the department I was we'll a deputy talk. chief in, that was one of the issues I had is that, you know, I was friends and I was the deputy chief. And having people realize where the line was and that when you come in that door, I'm your boss. Right. 
We can enjoy each other's company, but I'm your boss. If I ask you to do something or tell you to do something, I expect it to get done. Right. When we're outside of that door, I'm no longer your boss. I'm your friend. Right. But I'm still your boss. Like, I'm yeah. your boss and friend in the door and out the door. I, but to, to follow that line, I, they didn't know when for, to take me seriously or when not to take me seriously because... Well, that's your fault. Are we friends or are right. you the deputy? I actually uh, That's asked. fault. You have to draw a line. Yeah, one of the worst things, that, one of the worst quotes, or I don't even remember it, but what is like, uh, well, bosses can't be friends or you can't have friends in leaderships or something like that. That's bull crap. You can. It just takes more work. It has you to be have understood to, by right. both parties. You have yeah. to communicate more. Yeah. People who say that is a cop out. They're just lazy. Well, I, I'm so I'm an officer. I can't have friends. I got to get. No, you can. But you have to be able to communicate effectively, clearly, and a lot, and you've got to be able to draw lines. You're just lazy and don't want to. I actually have to send that message every time John sends me a message. Is this Deputy Chief Morrison or is this John? Right. He does. <laughs> and usually, so I'll, I'll try to have a different tone, especially with Ed. So I'll just be like, all right. If it's inappropriate, I know he probably isn't talking to me as an officer. Well, it's like going out to dinner. It's like going out to dinner with some of my brothers and sisters. We go out to dinner and we sit down, and then all of a sudden they want to talk about the firehouse. I'm like, no, I want to talk about the steak and the chicken and the. I don't care about the firehouse. We're not there right now. I'm the fat kid at the party now. Bring me another cheeseburger. Don't don't get the cheeseburger. Don't get the cheese. It is not the best cheeseburger in town. It's the best cheeseburger in town for a medical emergency, but. It is killing me, Ed. Like, when are we going to end this? Because it is rough. If it, if it makes you feel any better, I don't know what else. Uh, I think we've circled around a handful of times and yeah. made most of it. Uh, I mean, it's just thing- tough. We just you, you just have to be able to identify it, you know. And- but it, I mean, we've we've said it a million times now that it's 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 hard to identify, and sometimes you you cannot. You you will catch it by complete coincidence. Uh, but the only way you're going to catch it is by having that open dialogue. Right. You don't need to talk to people. I mean, just like you said, going out to dinner and not talking about the fire station, you don't have to have every conversation about the fire department. How's work going? How's, you know, try and get to, I'm terrible about knowing people's families. I really am. But try and talk to them about their families. If they've got kids, parents love to talk about their kids, man. Just ask them anything. I don't even remember the, the kids' names, but hey, how's your uh, how's, how's your dog? How's number how's one? <laughs> the little one, the little one. How's what, that one? But it's funny. The biggest thing I take out of this podcast: what is what is the thing that we struggle with in the fire service? Every single time we have a call, every time there's an incident, everything, it's always the number one problem we have is communication. Right. Oh yeah. And the whole thing we've said today is gotta have good communication it's everything and it's 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 like people interpret that differently too because like some people say well you need to communicate more well at one place i worked that means more emails and i hate that that's not it's not more emails that's not better communication that's just more communication more is not better not always sit down have a face like I miss phone calls and face-to-face talks. I miss the like, times we used to go to your house and play games and drink beers. Right? When's that happening? Well, that was that was whiskey, and we don't <laughs> we don't go there anymore. No, but um, or go over to Dan's house and just yeah. have him play the guitar, and we just take shots. jam out downstairs. Yeah. We no, we can't do. It. I'm too no. old for that. <laughs> but what I was getting at is, there's people need to understand that more communication isn't better. You know, it's the quality, not the quantity, right? Communication. Talk to people face to face. Pick up the phone. 
I am getting sick and tired of text messages and emails. Well, you saw how many times my phone was going off just today about right. payroll. And it's just like, I, I'm going to call her in a minute. I'm not going to respond. Do what Ed does. If you don't want to take it, just shut it off. Right? I, apparently, I need to you do that. You just need to take a day and just shut it you off. You know, it's funny how we like to have that actual conversation and, and talk to someone. But well, I, was, I was going through, um, I was calling down for the vaccine. And I was trying to identify who's had, you know, because we have per diems and, and who who works where and who's had what, just so I can have an accurate roster. I talked to more voicemails and got text messages back. Right. Than I someone hate that. actual. Though. It's, it's yeah. really but hard. It's different. So I like, used to do that when, when I worked behind a desk. You still do that. No, I don't. Well, I do if I if so. That's what I'm getting at. If I am in the middle of something, like if I'm at work and uh, I'm sitting in front of my computer, I might not be able to take a phone call right then. Yeah. So I'll just go, oh shit, shut it off, and uh, reply with a text message and say, I'll call you back. <laughs> oh shoot, sorry. <laughs> that's twice Ed. it's like three before it becomes an fcc thing right yeah that's how it we're works. fine oh, <laughs> it's his name not mine right, so that, that's, fine. that's fine but just for me i don't know if it's the whole corona thing i had to mention it once because i know you love talking about it but like i miss talking like it literally is starting to bother me and create a physical response that people do not talk to me face to face they will send an email they will text me but even if like that morning i see that person they won't say anything but later that day oh, i'll get an email or I'll get, worst. A, I'll get a text and it bugs me because you know nothing good can come from an email or a text from somebody you just saw a couple hours right. ago that didn't talk to you unless you're me and <laughs> you see a lot of squirrels and oh crap i forgot to do so that the or, only time but, that so I'll, like i'll make sure that i send an email or a text is basically when something's bad because i need like i need a paper trail of it well i yeah, hope these podcasts true. every couple of weeks keep you yeah. in check john so you don't go doing <laughs> well, something crazy no, like, you that know, we can actually face to face. I have call this you all the time, right? Versus texting. Like I'll we, text memes. We do a happy mix. I yeah, think I'll do memes, but if it's something important, I call you. Yes, correct? I think yeah. our, our communication is very healthy. It is. <laughs> Textings well, for memes and inappropriateness. <laughs> face to face or a phone call for anything serious. Absolutely. And disclaimer: If I don't respond to your email or your text message, forty-five hour hour and a half later it's because i heard the phone go off i was doing something else and i forgot to look back at my phone so but the and the other thing about that and and why you should have that face-to-face -face or actual verbal conversation is because when you send a text message or an email you don't know the feeling behind it it's how you read it and right. interpret it, it interpretate well i think <laughs> i mean we had that this week when we were talking oh, no. <laughs> and some talk, text messages and and in a group and i said look i'm not trying to sound like a jerk here Right. You know, and even that can sound. See, I do that, but I don't know if I really sound like a jerk or if I'm just thinking it and maybe they didn't portray it that way. But once I said it, they're yeah. like, oh, wow, he was a jerk. That's well, I, yeah. you guys always need to end <laughs> like, it with a smiley the, face. Right. I, door up, I open the door up for them to make their opinion for them. A like, smiley face or an LOL. No, you got to be careful good. with that, too, because I have somebody that, like, I know they're being, it, or not know. It feels like they're being condescending because they'll just be like, 
Hey guys, uh, sorry to bother you, but I'm just, uh, I, you, blah, 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 blah. All right, have a great day. And it's like, nope. It's like the compliment sandwich. They said like a nice <laughs> yeah, little opening, <laughs> a nice little end, have a it great was too, day. too and perfectly the, formed. And to then the middle of it is just crap. And it's like, well, it's like, it's like the day I said something to our class and then Brian spoke up. <laughs> I wouldn't even thought that there was an issue because what I thought coming out of my head was fine till he said a comment. And I'm like, whoa, is that how it came out? Because that's not what I meant. Thank God he said something because I didn't know that, but. All right, Ed, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. What are the lessons I just, I forgot what I said. <laughs> wrap up the lessons. What it, oh, so. Uh, the lesson is do not If you don't want to be here, go home. And if you don't want somebody to be there, then send them home and get off no. your butt and train people. Right. If you don't want to be here, just go home. Just get, it, it's not worth it. If you're here being paid or if you're at a department being paid and that department is having an issue with them, don't pay them. Send them home. Right. It's that easy. And then communicate. It's about quality, not quantity. Normalize. Stop texting and stop emailing. <laughs> Pick up the phone or go talk to them face-to-face. -face. And do not send them an email or a text after you've seen that person face-to-face -face and you didn't have the courage enough to talk to them then. Do not hide behind the computer. And if you do go talk to them face-to-face, wake sure you're wearing your mask and you're six feet away. Correct. <laughs> not directly face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Normalize keep, keep your bubble. happy phone calls. <laughs> yes, normalize phone calls again. Well, yes, but try... It doesn't always need to be bad things. Right. Have a pleasant yeah. phone call. I'm right. tired of getting a phone call, having my heart drop, and be like... <laughs> oh yeah, that is true. There was there was several well, years because, where it's like yeah, that's everything. This person's calling me. It's not good. Somebody's dead. Right. And it's always. I'll be expecting dead. you to call me tonight with my pat on the back. <laughs> oh, I will. Two when the call comes in at two a.m. I'm like, hi, Eric. Just checking in. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. We noticed, we'll go back to bed. We noticed you weren't here. We want to make sure you're okay. <laughs> hi, Chief. Did you hear the call? <laughs> no, you don't need to come out. I just wanted to make sure you heard it. <laughs> and I've said that to... Just so they know we're back in quarters and we're okay. I've said that to everyone in my department. That you can call and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you. It doesn't mean I'm going to get back to you right away. <laughs> it, might, it might not be the most efficient way to get a hold of me, but right. call anytime you want. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, right to is, voicemail. Yeah, it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, I'll call you back eventually. Right. All right, everyone. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, leave some comments because I'm sure there should be plenty for this one. Oh, yeah. Until I apologize time. for Ed, Ed uh, swearing twice. I'm not going to edit it out because it's too difficult. It's just going to happen. It's just, uh, just if you have any complaints, contact Chief Cole. No, <laughs> this is his deal. This is not my deal. This is his deal. And as uh, we're still trying to get Dan Hillier on for a talk about regionalization, we're just waiting on the equipment to arrive. It was delayed due to Ed's favorite topic of Corona. How are you guys feeling after the, uh, the vaccine, by the way? Uh, I had a headache and my arm was sore. The, the second shot, one? the yep. second one is next week. Thursday. And then, yeah, and then we'll let you know. I've heard horror stories. I heard you need a lot of water and Tylenol, but that's what a vaccine's supposed to do. So we'll I'm see. a little delayed. I got mine this morning, so we'll see what happens. But I've had no issues since this morning. Right? You seem fine. Me eating a cheeseburger from a, <laughs> a convenience store. Location. Yeah, from a convenience store has just messed me up. The Eat healthy, of, exercise, and take care of yourself. Remember, I, us, them. Have a good day.